0: G'day all, it is Thursday, August 25, the Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio. A very good morning to you wherever and however you are listening. And uh, Loz just having the day off today. He'll be back tomorrow. So, Pup and I here in the studio. We've got Blocker coming in 7-8 to eight this morning to give a full preview for round 24, the penultimate round in the NRL. What a game we got tonight. Crucial game for both clubs. Brisbane and Parramatta trying to lock in a final spot. This is 8th v 5th. And uh, Selwyn Cobbo, the big news yesterday, is going to be rested from this game. Basically, put his hand up and said, look, I'm struggling. Struggling with fatigue in his first full season in the NRL, the 20-year-old. Uh, now, also, we've got big news overnight in Formula One. As I say, a good morning to you, pup. Something that I guess hasn't been unexpected, considering uh, the rumblings going on in recent months. But it is confirmed. Ozzy Daniel Ricciardo is gone from McLaren mm. at the end of this season. He's got a year left on his contract, so you can imagine they came to some beautiful mutual agreement where he gets a significant payout. His contract just to drive with McLaren is somewhere around the $21 million mark. I'm guessing that's US dollars, of course, as well. But uh, they've said, quote, mutually parting ways. But let's face it. A few weeks ago, 21-year-old Aussie Oscar Piastri was announced in the Alpine team, and he said that's not happening at all. His manager, Mark Webber, it seems like it's inevitable they've done a deal with McLaren. So Aussie mm. taking over Aussie, such is the uh, cutthroat wor- world of Formula One. Morning yeah. to you, mate.
1: Yeah, morning, Mido. Morning to our listeners, yeah. Um <sighs> Well, it says mutual, but oh, I think it really depends where Ricardo goes now. That'll determine whether it's mutual or not. If he's got another opportunity somewhere else, then I think he would have seen uh, the riding on the wall. I think there's obviously been um, a number of conversations over the past four months. They've been disappointed with Ricardo's performances. Ricardo's been disappointed with the car. Um, so I think this is, uh, well, I think we, we speculated this a while ago. Um, and yeah, there's no doubt he'll get. He'll get some... Well, I reckon, he'll, I reckon he'll get all of his money. I reckon I'll have to pay him the full... If it's $20 million, $25 million, whatever it is, I'll have to pay him the full fee out. But I've got no doubt he'll find somewhere else to go. It's just, will it be in the Formula 1? Yeah. Um, does he... You know, 33 years of age. Does he still think he's he's one of the best drivers? Does he still think he can compete at the highest level? Um, is Formula 1 where he wants to be at, at 33? It's Yeah, it's obviously not about money. He's, he's made a... A heap of money throughout his career. Um, but I think he'll be disappointed with, you know, if, if he walks away from Formula One now, uh, uh, going on what a lot of people feel about his driving, I think he'll be disappointed with his results. No, he,
0: he wants to stay in the sport. Yeah. He's made that pretty clear in their interviews in recent times. Uh, and, you know, McLaren boss, Zach Brown, gave him, well, virtually the old full support of the board yeah. recently. Yeah. Uh, but uh, this has been bubbling along, of course, in the background due to his performances. Yeah. Where's the, he go, though? Well, there's Who signs him, ha- uh, So there were reports on ESPN yesterday that uh, the Haas uh, team principal, but- he had <sighs> spoken to him heading before the break that they're currently in. They've raced, I think, in Belgium, the season resumption yeah. this week. Is he going to win a race break. in that car? Well, this is the thi- uh, uh, I My next point is. is the days of Daniel Ricciardo competing Podi- being on the podium. podiums yeah. in Formula One is all but over.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's that type of guy. I'm not sure he's just. Oh, I'll do it for the money, just to to drive in the F1. I, that's what I'm saying. I think at 33, you've got that desire to want to win. But that's my point. The the the, the options he's got in Formula One, he's it, it, I, if he's on the podium, it'll be a miracle. Well, he did say as
0: well recently. I saw a quote in an interview where he said, "Well, this is a sport that 20 people in the world do it." So he oh, he man. he's addicted to that competition. Um, and addicted now that, to what? In, Finishing well. That's middle that's of it. the but grid. At the same time, I guess you know you have that belief, don't you? That you can you can turn things yeah. around oh, for another yeah. team. So, yeah. but um, I think
1: it's, if he's got that, if he if he honestly thinks he can stand on the podium driving for, a, you know, driving in a different car, then good luck to him. I'm saying don't change. Don't mm. don't don't change sports, or, or don't go and drive in the States, or, you know, stay in the F1 if that opportunity is there, but if he, oh, yeah, if he hasn't been able to do it with McLaren, mm. it's going to be a hell of an effort doing it with, what, what do you reckon his options are? Well, Haas, there's also
0: Alpine, or yeah. Alpine as they say in France, yeah. which is Breno, which is where he where, <laughs> yeah. where he left to go to McLaren. Yeah. Um And also Williams have been mentioned as well. So, But again, not contenders. No way. Not contenders. But this is a sport 20 people in the world do. Or get the opportunity to to, to race in. So I just find it fascinating, isn't it, how for years, you know, we we champion Aussies getting to the Formula 1 level. And we're on the verge of having an Aussie basically ousting an Aussie Mm. in Formula 1. Because Oscar Piastri, he's the... Young Quote, superstar, next, isn't he? Next big thing, but he's
1: Ricardo. You know, fifteen years ago, and Weber at some stage in his career as well. So, yeah, I think it's awesome that we're seeing Aussies in the in the F one. There's no doubt about it. And I think Ricardo, again, compared to um, what we have achieved, uh, I think Ricardo's done well. But I think, like I say, going on what experts say about Ricardo's driving, he's certainly underachieved. And I've no doubt that the cars he's been in have played a played a big part, but you know maybe that's why he's still got that drive. Two
0: hundred twenty three race starts. Daniel Ricciardo eight wins, thirty two podiums. Has started on pole on three occasions. He's had thirty three re- retirements. Uh, he made his debut what twenty eleven, and he's finished third in the drivers' championship on two occasions, twenty fourteen and 2016 and of course it will be forever
1: pondered what if he didn't leave Red Bull yeah yeah I think he's probably asking himself that exact same question Mm. every single day
0: Uh, and on the text line here uh, no name to it but uh, the Alpine is a better performing car than the McLaren he's a good chance of getting that seat and still being competitive no name to that one. We will be fascinating to see. I hope he gets a seat elsewhere. Really hope he can, because it's becoming like a lot of sports around the world. It's becoming a young person yeah.
1: sport. Yeah, definitely.
0: I just had a look. Oscar Piastri was born the day of my 18th birthday. Yeah.
1: How old How- is he? 21, 22. 21. 21. Yeah.
0: Gosh, that makes me feel old,
1: Clark. <laughs> How do you think I feel? <laughs> hey,
0: I'm catching up to you. <laughs> so that is the big news this morning. Daniel Ricciardo gone from McLaren at the end of the season. No announcement yet from McLaren as to who will be filling the seat next year. But uh, all speculation is it will be another Aussie in 21-year-old Oscar Piastri. Uh, now, tonight, huge game. Suncorp Stadium, eighth v fifth, as I mentioned, and the market with tab has the Brisbane Broncos $2.25 outsiders and Parramatta a dollar sixty-five. Now the Bronx won 36 to 14 when they met at Combank Stadium just five weeks ago. Since then, the Bronx have won one of four, and that one win was against Newcastle. That barely counts these days. And that was at Suncorp as well.
1: Oh slap from you. Harsh, Harsh. Let's be honest. Harsh.
0: Selwyn Cobo's being rested. It's the big story yesterday. He's cooked, pup. Yeah, he's fatigued. Uh, isn't eh? it amazing that, you know, young buck, 20 years of age, puts up his hand and goes, you know, coach, I, I, we, we, this is a huge game. Mm. The Bronx if, are in free fall. I wonder if, I wonder looking if there's
1: to... more to it. I wonder if it's maybe a bit of mental fatigue. More oh, than, I'm sure and, it's the whole box of yeah, dice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think the Bronx are in trouble. I really do. I think they're – I think – I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna miss the eight. know it's a big. Call. Oh well,
0: i will back them to miss
1: the eight. Yeah, I think they're gonna yeah. miss the, it. I just, just, I don't know. I think they, middle of the season, they did just got a bit of a run on and did really well. But yeah, whether it's fatigue or class, I, I don't actually know. I just, I just feel they are they're on the downslide, and I think they're gonna struggle to make the eight. So I'm, I reckon Parra will clean them up tonight.
0: So Jordan Pereira comes in on the wing for Selwyn Cobbo. And Kurt Capel, this is a bonus for the Broncos. He's so important to them, Capel. He's passed a fitness test on his ankle. Mm. And Zach Hosking, who I know were this great Knights fans. He's into the 17 there at the Bronx. Of course, a Hunter Valley junior, Zach Hosking. A lot of Knights fans. I know when he made his debut a few weeks ago. Uh, we're texting in saying, "Well, this is the perfect example of a bloke who should be playing there at Newcastle, and how they, you know, haven't been able to hold on to their juniors, etc." So he's back into the 17, according to the late mail for that big, big game tonight, and uh, yeah, two twenty-five the Bronx the outsiders and a dollar sixty-five there for the Eels. Uh, now, also last night, the All Australian team was named, and uh, the Swans were represented by Callum Mills and Isaac Heaney. Uh, GWS defender Sam Taylor in that squad as well. i tell you what, your uh, your new Essendon team, mm. if, if this was in the NRL, we'd be talking about this for days. So they've sacked the coach. CEO. The resigned. CEO's resigned. Mm. Two board members are out. Two more are leaving at the end of the year. Good.
1: Oh, I think this is a good result. Huge. I think this is exactly what needs to happen. After the chaos of what we've seen with their, well, departed coach, um... I I think they have no choice. I think Esther needs to go in a completely different direction. I don't think their stock is that bad. But I think their the, the whole attitude around chasing a you know a, another coach back end of the season behind your current coach's back um I think was disgraceful. I, I think I I think that there needs to be accountability and I think an acceptance that you know what what we've been doing over the past few years has not been working. Um, so there's a number of us that need to walk away.
0: Now, just awful news in racing yesterday and, uh, Clarkie, these, th- there was, you know, a trainer or a couple of trainers yesterday who may had to make the phone call to a group of connections that you'd never want to make. Counter Rupee, who's been such a great little story for Robert and Luke Price there at Kem Grange, won the gong, second in the Golden Eagle. More than two point six million dollars in prize money, and you know, probably still getting to the best of it. Unfortunately, yesterday, in a jump out there at Kembla, just veered off the track through the railing, oh my God. and uh, suspected massive heart attack. And Tommy Berry was in the saddle; uh, he's okay, but he, he you know, he's obviously that rocked. He he didn't take his pla or well, take his rides on the Kenzo meeting uh, there yesterday afternoon, so. Just all thoughts with connections involved there. It's just a terrible, terrible story for, for Robert and Luke Price, the owners, and Tommy Berry, who developed a really nice affiliation with this horse as well. So glad that Tommy's okay, but uh, an autopsy has been ordered on count de rupee, but uh, it looks like probably a massive heart attack has unfortunately Claimed his life. Uh, Just on the Ricardo situation, morning, guys. Daniel will go to Alpine with a get-out clause and wait for a spot in a larger team. Watch Oscar. He's a big talent, says Paul at Mount Druitt.
1: Don't know if he's going to get that option now, Ricardo. You go where you can get a deal. That's what I think it's going to be. If he wants Mm. to stay, I think it's go where he gets a deal. He's obviously going to take less money. I don't know if he to get the clauses that he wants at 33 anymore. No. Go, you know, five years ago, three years ago, different story. I don't know if you will get that now.
0: Uh, also here, if Ricardo's as good as all reports are, surely one of the mega teams would have signed him. Fair point.
1: Yeah, good point.
0: Uh, and also, Duckman makes a good point here as well. Hey, boys, I'm not surprised, really. He was the third oldest driver in F1 at 32. Let's compare him to Max Verstappen. He's only 24 now and started actually racing Formula 1 in 2015 as a 17-year-old. Uh, Ricardo's problem is his boss, Zach Brown, thinks the drivers are overpaid already, so he wants to slash the wage bill by $24 US that Ricardo gets and bring in a young developing racer, E.G. Piastri. It's a tough gig considering the limited opportunities and money involved. Uh, Yeah, I think you're pretty well spot on with a lot of those points there, Duckman. Now, on the back page of the Daily Telegraph, Tavita Pengai Jr., who uh, people would have seen is an omission from the Canterbury site they got Canary. They've got the Sharks, don't they? And they're very, very big outsiders uh, for that game. Yep, $1. seven the Sharks, $8.50 the Bulldogs, 21.5 start for the Dogs. So, Tevita Pengai Jr., uh, 925k walk-in park is the headline there. And Phil Gould confirmed on social media that uh, Pengai has been dropped this week. So, <laughs> there you are. You're going to see a 900k-plus player in the New South Wales Cup playing against Newtown. At the Grand Old Henson Park, Saturday afternoon, Josh Addo Carr has gone into bat saying it'll be a blessing in disguise for Tavita Pengai and uh, that, you know, denied accusations, he's got an attitude problem, etc. But it's not the first time we've seen a big money player uh, drop from a team. But mm. uh, he's had an interesting career, Pengai, that's for sure, damaging at his best. And uh, here he is getting dropped. Naturally, at his worst Last year, when he went to Penrith for that small period, looked to be really going well as he went into that system. Then he got injured and wasn't available, of course, uh, for the GF at the end of the season as he went from Brisbane to Penrith. and Now he's here at the Dogs. So uh, one for Cameron Serraldo when he gets there. Next year, sort out this.
1: Yeah, well, he's one of those players, isn't he, that we see in all sports that's extremely gifted and talented, but just hard to manage. Just, I don't know if it's... You know, stuff that happens off the field, the environment he's in or, um, you know, he just cannot – he can't get the consistency he needs to be able to perform at the highest level day in, day out. And it's a tough one as well because I think if you don't manage him the right way, he can be destructive to the squad, to the team. Mm. So you've got to – yeah, I think he's, he's an X-factor player. You want him on the park, but you want, want him at his best. So I think a new coach, that relationship – I think he's going to be extremely important how he, he sets that tone, Cameron Serrato, and and finds a way to get him to trust him. I think that's, that, that's the key. It's just a nightmare for clubs
0: when they've got players like that taking up their salary cap. Playing at half their value, but that's what that's the but that's what <laughs>
1: money can do sometimes as well, Mido. You know, you, yeah. you get this ego that you you think you sit on top of the world and you deserve. You know, you deserve everything. You you, you forget that the reason you got to the NRL or you got to playing cricket for Australia was was hard work. You know, a lot of hard work, dedication, and you look around you in that squad and everyone's, you know, put in the same work. So if if you're not going to be, if you're not going to put in the same amount of work, then you're letting your teammates down, but you're letting yourself down as well. And sometimes you do, you need that kick up the backside.
0: Uh, Also, back page of the telly, does anyone in rugby league throw more hand grenades than Wade and Bennett? Seriously. Him and Gus, I think
1: I reckon those two probably throw the most. No,
0: I think Bennett (laughs) Bennett does it with a real purpose. I think Gus just wants to ignore everyone, to be honest. Um, but I mean Wayne Bennett the other day just openly and and he goes, it's it's obvious when he wants something said, he goes to Peter Bedell, journalist of the Courier Mail. Yeah. It's the same every time. And the story comes out through the Courier Mail exclusive. Wayne Bennett says this. And he's saying it because he wants it out. And naturally South, his old club, not happy with him the other day coming out and saying, particularly at this stage in South season, and they're obviously at a pretty sensitive point in trying to retain Latrell Mitchell, Cody Walker, Damian Cook. So leave Latrell alone is the headline on the back page of uh, the Telegraph. And, well, Blake Solly, speaking to News Corp, has said that, you know, unlike Redcliffe, (laughs) we've made it clear Latrell is our priority, along with other senior players we have at the club. Because Wayne Bennett basically said Munster's the priority, but if Latrell's available November 1, yeah, we'd love to have him. We'll find every way possible to try yeah, and get him But
1: not like, South, South why, why do they even react? Why don't they just, everyone knows Wayne, does it? Why don't you just sit there and, mate, mate, Wayne's entitled to say whatever he wants and chase any player he wants when they're off contract. Well, I guess it, it comes... It should be, like, mate. if South feel that way about Latrell, then... All you got to do is tell Luttrell. You don't need to tell anybody else. You don't need to tell me. You don't need to tell the fans. You don't need to tell Wayne Bennett. Just make sure Luttrell knows that we want him. The Rabbits want him. Wayne hasn't got that benefit right now. He can't go to Luttrell and say it to him. He has to go through the media. Souths have that benefit. Like, why? Like this. all this does is cause distractions for South at the moment. I guess Wayne Bennett has intimated
0: previously that he won't go to his old club to poach players so
1: to speak mate let wayne do whatever wayne wants to do he's not playing the ball he's not tackling a player he's not passing the ball he can do whatever he wants right now south focus on playing good footy if you're ceo chairman of the board if you're worried about what wayne is saying then walk straight up to the player and say mate. You're not going anywhere. We want you. And well, we will find the money.
0: The conspiracy theory on this pup, which they were discussing on NRL three sixty last night, is that this is all a ploy from Wayne Bennett to put pressure on Cameron Munster. They want a decision from per- Munster yeah, but, to come to the Dolphins. Perfect by Wayne. And if you don't if you don't well we're gonna we'll go if you don't sign soon, we'll go and sign
1: Latrell. Perfect by Wayne, that's what I'm saying. That at the moment what Wayne's job is is to try and bring get a team together. So he's just doing his job. I'm saying Melbourne Storm, Cameron Munster, South Sydney, Latrell Mitchell. Just don't get involved in it. Hmm. it. It'll only be, it's only a distraction for you. You guys are playing in the competition. You guys have a chance to win the competition. Focus on that. Wayne's win this season is get some of these players. So he that's him winning the comp, what he's trying to do now. So I just, yeah, I feel like South here have bitten when they don't need to.
0: Uh, in the Sydney Morning Herald, Joey Johns' column today under the headline, Eels have been horribly inconsistent, but just well, but don't write them off for the title just yet. Uh, singing, singing from a very similar hymn sheet to Loz. In that regard, Loz has said he's sticking with the Eels. They can still win the premiership, uh, citing their two wins over Penrith this year. Their win away to the Melbourne Storm earlier in the season as well. And uh, he says that they're still a threat in this competition, the Eels. Huge game tonight and he's tipping the Eels to win by 12 there tonight is Andrew Johns. Also uh, on the back page of the Australian, we spoke about Essendon before. Bombers board hit by brutal uprising is the headline there. Uh, Hawkins honoured as all-lost captain. So Tom Hawkins, the Geelong forward, named captain of that all-Australian squad selected last night. And Smith can't wait to tee up at home. Cameron Smith following on from Mark Leishman the day before in officially announcing... But he'll be back for the Australian summer of golf. So, looking forward to seeing our two biggest names, he'd say, along with Adam Scott, of course, and Jason Day on the PGA Tour. But uh, Smith and Leishman definitely home uh, for the summer. Big morning on the show coming up Josh Reynolds, 10 minutes' time. Paul Gow, Tour Championship in Atlanta starts later tonight. And in the early hours of tomorrow morning, the top 30 players in the FedEx Cup. Competing for massive, massive money. And of course, we will be represented by Cameron Smith and Adam Scott. We've got Adam Pengilly. Uh, give us a bit of an update there on what's going on with Ben Hunt at the Dragons as well. He's written a story about that in the Sydney Morning Herald today. We'll get him to tell us about that. Steve Blocker-Roach, of course, 7 at 8 a.m. to preview round 24 of the NRL. Shane Crawford, Hawthorne champion, just after 8 o'clock. Brad Davidson we will get his mail for today and look ahead to Saturday as well. And Phil Moss. And uh, Mossy can answer all your questions on what's wrong with uh, Liverpool instead of bagging me all the time. <laughs> Welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast. And on the text line here, hopefully Loz is studying the form for his multi tomorrow with all his free time today. Yes, Loz off today and back tomorrow for Friday. So you're stuck with us, pup.
1: Yeah, I feel sorry for the listeners just dealing with you and me. But, well, we've uh, got Blocker
0: for an hour. Oh, yeah.
1: Actually, i got to say... No disrespect to anybody else we have on the show, but Blocker's segment every week I think is my favourite. I think you just don't know what you're going to get from Block. I can't wait to see. Is he, bring, is he didn't bring his paper in last week. I was a little disappointed. Normally he brings his newspaper in. He's got all his notes written down. Um, Yeah, he's my... He's, he, he, I look forward to him every single Thursday. Can I just ask how you're going to explain yourself to Josh Reynolds when we speak to him in about Ooh, 60 seconds? yeah, time? okay. I forgot about Joshy. So Joshy's <laughs> top of the list and then block.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is Joshy back in town? He's back in Sydney, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, he's come back. He's yeah, he's had back. his
0: first full week back. So he's coming up shortly. Big I know game. how he's
1: training. How do you reckon you go train? Like through your career? He's a good trainer, Josh. You always train with your teammates. Mm. And I reckon training with other people just gives you a bit of a lift. Drives you, doesn't it? Wonder how he's going, trying to get himself back into shape or stay in shape on his own. Wonder if that's difficult for him. Joshy, morning to you, mate. Morning, boys. How are
0: we? Yeah, good. Thanks.
3: You awake, buddy? I am awake, mate. I, well, I'm definitely awake now saying that, uh, what, I, what I just heard what you just said. But anyway, that's all good, Clark, mate. So your uh, first... I thought we were close. Full week. Yeah, what about that, actually? Mate, no, I'll uh, put you back in
1: front of Block. I'll put you back yeah. up the top there.
3: Yeah, but you know what? I have to admit, Block is, is he's, he's he's funny. I had a chat to him on the phone the other day, mate. And Yeah, like you said, you just don't know where the chat's going. And It's good, It's good that He's funny. We
1: well, you, you get three quarters of the way through each segment, and... State a block. Uh, I think we've got to talk footy at some stage. <laughs> He's got that He's many stories. Man. What a good man! Yeah. How are you traveling, mate? How's the body? And I was just saying to you, what's it been like um, coming back home and, and and getting stuck into your fitness stuff on your own, not being around teammates.
3: Yeah, it is. It is very different, Clarky, isn't it? It's. Um, I'm not going to lie. That first week um, mm. coming back from that little holiday, I um, I did struggle a bit. A bit, but. I'm into a routine now. Um, I've, I've been getting up early and, and going to the gym uh, myself and then I've just been, you know, have, have doing a bit of thing, a couple of things that I need to do and then uh, having a couple of runs in the afternoon. So I've always been um, pretty good like that yeah. uh, when I actually get into it. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I do enjoy having someone there to, I suppose, compete against mm. or, or push you that, that little bit more. So uh, when I do eventually find out what I'm, what I'm going to be doing, I probably will start, you know, training with a few people and, um, you know, even getting my, my hands on the ball, um, even though there's a, there's a long time to go if, if I do get a pre-season or whatever. But I, I definitely don't want to, you know, not touch the ball for, for that long period.
1: Could, could you be back training with a club, buddy, before the season's over? Or do does the club need to wait until the season's over to, before they could announce uh, you signing somewhere?
3: Yeah, no, uh, definitely not before the season's over, Classy, um, but I will be, you know, I've I've gone to see, you know, a few of my uh, mates, you know, who, who are physios and whatnot, just to make sure, you know, I'm not doing anything, because when you are by yourself, you know, you're not, I suppose, fully worried about, about your body, and mm-hmm. I just don't want to do anything over the top or, or whatever, but yeah, whenever I do, um, you know, make that decision or, or get the heads up from someone, I'll, I'll probably go in there and... You can, they can give me a program and, you know, because obviously a lot of the boys have been playing this whole time and I haven't really been playing. So mm. I, I sort of want to, I suppose, get a bit of a bit of a head start and a bit of a jump on everyone and, and you know, make sure I'm, I'm rare to go uh, when pre-season does start. Mm.
0: Any news on that front, mate? Many meetings?
3: Mm, you know, I feel every week I come on here, I've, I've got absolutely nothing for you, but... Mm. I I definitely think, and I'm, well, no, I'm not gonna say definitely, but I'm pretty confident. I'll next time I'm on the show, I'll I'll have something for for the boys. But um, yeah, it's just just sort of going through it with George, and yeah, you know, I'm not, and this is this is just how it is, you know. I'm I'm getting on and and I'm not anyone's main priority at the at the moment, you know. And I'm the season's still going, and you know, yeah. I'm I'm not the youngest bloke. I'm not gonna probably be the main. Well, no, I'm not gonna be the main person in any squad. So. Um, I know, you know George has thrown everything out there, and you know, I'm, I'm waiting for his call. I'm waiting by the phone for his call, but at the same time, I'm, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just ticking over, mate.
1: If clubs do want to meet with your manager, Josh do you, you, do you go with him, or do you leave all of that to him, sit back at the moment, concentrate on your fitness, and let's just see how things pan out? How, how does it work for you personally?
3: Yeah, it's 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 a great question, Clay. Because it's probably changed over the years, mate. When I was younger, I yeah, you know, I'd just leave it all to George, and mm. um, because you know you're a little bit, you're not confident in your in, in yourself, or in, in conversations a lot, and you know with all that kind kind of I suppose chat about your future and whatnot. But but now, mate, to be completely honest, I actually like doing it myself. Yeah. And, you know, if if George says says someone is is interested, I'd I'd like to catch up for a for a coffee with them you know, with George, but also, you know, probably by myself too, because um, it is a, probably a little bit of a, bit of a different conversation when yeah. I suppose you chat by yourself compared to George because he's nutting out all the ins and outs and, mm-hmm. you know, what what might potentially happen in, 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 the, in the sense of a deal. But for me, I suppose I want to get what my intentions are across to either a coach or, a you know, a CEO or whatever. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I enjoy going to the meetings. Um, so if any do pop up, I'll, I'll definitely be making sure I'm there.
0: Well, I know we've signed you on a massive one-day contract
3: <laughs> on uh, Wednesday,
0: September 28 at our grand final lunch at Rose Hills, so that's a huge deal for you, Josh.
3: Well, you know what, Meadow. That's the thing. I'm actually contemplating because it was such a massive deal. I, I don't think I'll have to pay next year. <laughs>
1: and we pay cash. There's no tax. <laughs> no receipt.
3: Yeah, that's the good thing. That's what I like about the party, mate. So, yeah. Yeah, Brown so paper just... bag. Old school in here, buddy. Don't worry about that. <laughs> just, just throw. Yeah, I'm just weighing everything up, mate. Free car. New apartment. We'll look after it. Don't worry about that. I want to Check thank board. everyone at the show, honestly. It's been great. I'm really, really, really happy with the offer.
0: <laughs> so, by the way, for our listeners, yes, Josh will be there, and Blocker, Wednesday, September 28th. Grand mm-hmm. final week, of course, Rose Hill Gardens. Get your tickets, australianturfclub.com.au. Uh, Josh will wear his best suit.
4: Mm. No, nah,
1: surely it's not suit. No, I was joking. Oh, <laughs> going <gonna laughs> to stop Man, <laughs> surely, surely shorts yeah. are allowed. <laughs> yeah, singlet and thongs, mate. Perfect.
0: Yeah. Perfect. Good. Um, now, last weekend, Josh, saw a weekend of blowouts, except for a couple of games. Penrith South's cracking game and uh, Canberra coming from behind to beat the Knights. But what stood out for you from watching that weekend of footy?
3: Yeah, it was mate. It was a it was a very very weird week. Plenty of points. Um, it was not, like nothing I haven't seen before in a long time. Actually, it was. Um, you know, it's obviously good for the for the attacking side of things, but I suppose when you you know if you're I suppose a defensive minded coach or person, it, it wasn't um, it wasn't ideal. But I'm probably going to have to say, and you know they're they're always on the on the front of everyone's mind, but it's it's just Penrith um, for me how they just just keep winning. Without their two, you know, if not best players uh, in in the halves, um, I, I just yo yo is such a good player. Isaiah yo boys, I, I I honestly just I'm in awe of him how he can control the game. Like he's he's a thirteen, but at the moment while their two big guns are out, he's um he's really stepping up. Um, also with the likes of of Corusel and and O'Sullivan, he's been unreal. Um. I hear, you know, guys like Joey Johns in the commentary saying how um, Sullivan's IQ is, is really high, and you can just tell from the way he manages a game, um, just with a couple of his early kicks and just a couple of his, his options when he goes to the line, I think, um, I really think the Dolphins have got a good buy there, and I know the uh, the talk of the week's been whether it's going to be Munster or Latre or whoever goes there, but... You know, whoever is partnered with him, if he gets a big name like that, you know, I think it's going to be a really, really good uh, feat for the Dolphins.
1: Who's your pick, buddy? You're saying Penrith is still the standout, but who else do you see being in that GF against them? Uh, again, you know, I'd hate to see the Tigers lose like that, but I just, I feel like the Roosters at the moment are just under the radar, you know, just getting some players back from injury. They've sort of been written off middle of the year, yet they're just getting momentum at the right time.
3: Yeah, I agree with you, Clarkie. Um I, I I tip the Roosters at the start of the year mm. to be to be in the GF. Uh, they obviously had a bit of a form slump through the middle of the middle of the year, but you're not wrong in saying they're they're definitely coming home strong. Um, they have got some big name players who play extremely well in big games. You know, there's no better player in a big game than than Teddy. He always steps up. So you know, if they do get deep into the finals, he's going to be there. I I really, really like South boys, to be honest, but then last week showed me a couple of things that, you know, I think when when things are good for South, they look probably the best out of anyone, especially when their back line's flowing, you know, when Cody Walker and Latrell are getting it right. But I feel when they were put under a little bit of pressure last week at stages, they sort of they felt the pressure. They'll they'll throw on the ball around and they're probably coming up with a with a couple of options that in big games will make him will hurt you. So, for me though, for me, uh, I think the Sharks are a really really sleeping giant. Um, I think Nico Hines and Maddie Morland's combination at the moment is is unreal. Like I know they played a a, prop, a very poor manly side last week, but a couple of their just little connections, um, you know, I think they scored two tries, you know, off each other and. They got some big boppers, Royce Hunt stepping up, you know, really finding his feet. So for me, boys, if I was, yeah, if I was in the finals, I definitely want, wouldn't want to be coming up against the Sharks, but I think it might be a Sharks-Penrith grand final. There you go. Sharks-Penrith. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Gee, what a
0: performance from Craig Fitzgibbon. That would be yeah, some story. And uh, I just want to ask you about Jimmy Tamo. Uh, downgrade, <laughs> Josh, you've you've obviously been respectful to referees your whole career, as definitely. we're hearing now, yep, yep. intro. Uh, but James Tarmo got a downgrade, fair or should he have got two weeks? Because uh, a lot of people blowing up about it. I don't know if I'm getting soft at my older age, but I'll be. I was happy with one week. Uh, what did you make of it all? Because uh, you know, we haven't seen an outburst like that from James Tarmo, But on the other side of the fence, the argument is he can never ever speak like that to an official.
3: Yeah, and that, and, and you know that from a young age, widow, don't you? You know you're taught that you're not allowed to speak back to the reps and. Um, But for me, um, I definitely, definitely am glad he got a downgrade because I think in these scenarios, a a bit of common sense has got to come into it. Jimmy Tarmell is probably the most respect, if not one of the most respectful guys, you know, on a footy field to the refs. Every single time he's in a press conference, he always gives his time to the media and, and everyone and you can tell. And he was getting beat by 70 odd points in a game and he's the captain of that club and it could have possibly been his second last game for the club. So you can just tell, you know, he balled over and as you know, like you said, there's, all, there's always be people that say, nah, stick with the two weeks. But if he'd done it before to a ref and this is his second offence, give him the two weeks. Mm-hmm. But it's his first, it's his first offence. He's a good guy. And you know, I think you do. You got to take into consideration it might be his last game. You know, like he he's been a great servant for this for this game. You know, he's played for for our state. He's played for for the country, and he's he's been he's been awesome. So for me, I'm very happy with the with the downgrade, middle, you know, So I don't think he's getting soft, mate. I, I think they've done the right thing mm. by him.
0: Just on the season, we've debated this week and whether it's too long or not, and uh, in in light of the blowouts we saw last week, but. Uh, I was looking, like, the Super League's a long season, isn't it, Josh? Like twenty, I think it's 29 games, plus your Challenge Cup games, and that's before you play finals as well, if you if you happen to make it. Uh, what's your opinion on, I guess, the length of the season we have in the NRL, 24 games, uh, naturally, plus finals?
3: Yeah, it's, it's funny you say that, mate, because I, I, that was always my G up to all the... Um to all the English blokes, oh, man, the, that's a tough season over there. and They're like, what are you talking about? We play about 20 extra games over here. So, yeah, it is it is a bit of a... Um, it's a tough one, though, because, like you said, there, there was plenty of blowouts last week, and it, they don't tend to happen in the Super League, either. you know, to be completely honest. There's, there's a few here or there, but that's just because of the... The competition is nowhere near as close over there either. Like, there is, you know, some teams that... You know, week in, week out, we'll struggle to go with the big teams. But I just feel for the NRL, I just feel some of the good teams at the moment are really, really good, and they can do it week in, week out. Um, you know, whenever, whenever I played, um, you know, a full season in the NRL, I, 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 for me, I never thought it was too long, uh, even with the semi-finals and and whatever. Uh, even later on in my career, it was I never really ever. Was like you know I think we could cut you know a few games. So I I just um to be completely honest I don't know the answer for the for the blowouts. Um, but at the same time I really don't I don't think we should we should make the season any any shorter because like you said if you compare it to the Super League which is exactly the same game rugby league they they've got you know they play probably yeah if you make the GF about six or seven more games throughout the year. Mm-hmm.
1: But he talking about the Super League. Andrew Fafita looking to move over there. Do you think a club will pick him up?
3: Definitely, Clarkie. Yeah, um, I I think for him, I think he should look to finish there. I think the style of style of footy over there would suit him perfectly. Um, his brother, he's actually I've seen his brothers. I'm not sure. I think he might be just leaving Wakefield as well. So they might try and link up for a for a little duo uh, somewhere because he's a handful. His brother over there too. He just sort of similar style to Fafita. Just sort of. Drifts across field and picks on little halves on the edges. So, yeah, I think if if he's looking to keep continue to play, I'd I'd be heading over there.
0: We'll have to get your tips for the three big games this this round. Brisbane Parra tonight. Storm Roosters tomorrow. Souths North Queensland Saturday night. Who wins those three games, Josh?
3: Big games, Minnow. Big games, mate. I I I, I I'm going to call it, boys. I think the Broncos' wheels have fallen off. Yep. Um, I just watched them for the last couple of weeks, especially last week. Even though they come up against uh, a, a great storm um, outfit, they just they just looked a bit different. They're just not the same confident team uh, anymore. So I think they'll they'll lose that game. I think Para are on the are on the on the rise coming home too. Um, oh geez Storm Roosters is a tough one, boys. They're probably the two you know up there with the Sharks, the three form teams, but. Down at Amy, Amy Park, I think I think the Storm might just get him. Um, it'll be very close, though. I think it might be a bit, a bit of a low-scoring score, low scoring game and the Storm might just get him. And the last one, um, the Cowboys, I don't think... I think Dearden will be a massive loss for him um, with his very, very, very painful yeah. um, injury that he's picked up. Um, I think South will bounce back from... From their loss last week, but um, it is a massive game for the Cowboys, though, boys, isn't it? Because I was talking to my mate about it uh, yesterday. I, I like, I really like the Cowboys, but at the same time, I think they need two home finals, just because if a team's travelling to North Queensland on a on a on a sticky, hot, wet day, that can just put you off from the start, and the Cowboys have got the jump on you then, and they're a team now. If they start well, they can sort of finish you. So. I think they've got to, you know, win these next two games to get a home final and be any chance of, you know, giving the, giving the comp a shake-up.
0: Great to chat, Legend. Chat soon. Thanks,
3: boys. Take care.
0: Oh, you're doing a reno, are you, Clarky? Well, this yeah, is perfect. I, I was just
3: having a bit
1: of a read here, you're thinking about your next build or renovation. Well, that's me. This is for me. Wide Line Windows and Doors has all the planning tools at your fingertips. Their website is full of inspirational ideas to make your project a success. There's advice and tips to get you started. They even have a color selector and window planning tool, plus free online quotes returned in 48 business hours. Just upload your plans or tell them what you need. Easy there's never been a better time to take a closer look at the WideLine Windows and Doors website. Go to www.wideline.com.au. Matt, I need to take a look at that. That's outstanding, standing yeah. you? Um, Love a Renault. When they say it's going to take two months and it takes eight. <laughs> Don't forget the add the 30% <laughs> extra it's cost. It's going to cost five bucks. and yeah. It costs a hundred. A yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: question fun. on the text line for you, Clarkie. In Tell view me. of the fact that he failed in the last Ashes in England. Do you think Dave Warner will be in the squad for next year's oh. Ashes over there, or
1: should we be looking at the future? John from Wingham? No, David Warner will be in the Ashes and cool. I think he'll Because Stuart Broad owned him, yep. didn't he, yep. in that series. Yes. Very much very much so. And conditions were conducive as well. It was it was there was enough movement against that brand new ball. And I would imagine England will want similar conditions. So it's going to be a challenge for anyone that opens the batting. But for mine in an Ashes series, I'm taking my most experienced player to be one of my top three batters. I think I'd be looking, I'd be hoping Warner, Kawaja, Labashane, Smith. Those four are in form and making runs between now and that first test in England. Because I would be, I'd be fighting if I was captain for those four. After the Ashes series, different story. Yep. Then but... I think you can you know, have an eye to the future and have an eye to, Will you know, Australian Paschowski. summer. Maybe if he's if, – if Will's if Wills fit and healthy, I think it's a no-brainer. I think he's he's playing cricket for Australia and he's probably playing all three formats. But you're definitely not throwing Will back in, you know, to, um, to start up his career again after the head knocks he's had, the concussions he's had against England. I, I think that's – you know, he's got another twelve months of playing state club cricket and state cricket, um, and then after the Ashes series, different story. But yeah, I'd be wanting those top four uh, leading the way for Australia if I was had anything to do with that team. By the way, by the way, praise on the text line,
0: Clarkey. That's a ten out of ten library Good form.
1: <laughs> well, do yourself a favor, and you know. <laughs> Take a closer look. Wide line windows. Get in there. And doors. Get
0: in there and have a look. Website. Champions League qualification this morning. Uh, Big ties, second leg. uh, The big one, Rangers and PSV. And Rangers have scored away. So they're 3-2 up on aggregate with less than 10 minutes plus stoppage time remaining. Now Celtic. Now the Champions League draw is being done tonight slash early tomorrow morning. And Celtic are there. Uh, So Ange Postacoglu, gee, it's a long way, isn't it, from the likes of what I think was South Melbourne and obviously his uh, title's there at Brisbane in the A-League and here he is now tonight on the verge of finding out what group his Celtic side are going to be in in the Champions League and their major rivals there in Scotland, Rangers, at the moment, would be heading towards the group stage of the Champions League if they can hold on in the last 10 minutes plus change. Now... We've got a family member due for some congratulations, pup. What's happened? The great Damien Cook. The cookster. What's he done? South's hooker. Regular on the show. Mm -hmm. He and his wife, Courtney, have had a baby boy. Their second. Oh, good on him. Jagger. Good on him. Jagger Cook. Congratulations. Congrats to Cookie. Cookie. And and the family. His family. Yeah, that's good news. Great news. Little boy. Yeah, little boy. I think he's got a girl, Willow. So, there you go. Girl
1: boy. One each. It's the cake and eat it right there. JR, morning to you.
5: Morning, guys. Well, that's lovely news. Welcome, little baby Jagger. Little boys are absolutely adorable. Cool name too. I like that yeah. name, cool name. Yeah, it's like a cool name. It's very cool. Yeah. That's yeah. cool, especially as he's growing up. When Cookie he wouldn't have come himself. up with that. That would have been the wife <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Cookie
1: would have went with Tom, <laughs> Frank. That's the wife coming up with Jagger. Mm. Well,
5: huge congratulations. That's a a really great news for a Thursday morning, guys. Um, Now, the US Open starts next week, and obviously we'll cover it extensively here on the show. Roger Rashid is going to join three times throughout the week to obviously give his thoughts. But... As always, boys, Novak is making headlines all for the wrong reasons. And it's the fact that he won't be able to play because as a foreigner, he's still unvaccinated against COVID and they can't enter the country. And I think he's sort of been hoping that he would be granted a visa because unvaccinated American citizens saw rules start to be relaxed earlier in the year, allowing them back into stadiums and to venues. And I think Novak's just been holding on that he would be able to go and play. And tennis legend John McEnroe has come out and is in Novak's corner just saying that the likelihood he won't be playing next week is a joke and absolute BS, but... Novak has also been labeled as selfish by some tennis journos out there. Because he hasn't withdrawn, it means that another player hasn't moved up into automatic spot for the main draw, and they're speaking in particular about world number 242. He's a a Spanish qualifier, and they said he would have made $21,000 just to qualify, and that's pretty much the entire yearly earnings for this player. So they're sort of saying Novak should be withdrawing so that it allowed another player the opportunity, but he's going to hold on until the last second to try and get in there and play, which I cannot see that happening. I don't think America going to bend the rules for him, or it might end up being a repeat of what we saw with the Australian Open. So at this stage, the world number six will not be featured at next week's US Open. Even
0: I'm on Novak's side here, pup. The world we've moved forward yeah. in this regard. I know it's still a factor out there, COVID, mm. but I'm not going to get into the medical side of it. Uh, too heavy for a, for a Thursday morning, yeah. but I think you know, we've all, a lot of us have gone and got vaccinated to protect ourselves. So mm. I think it's just, we're moving forward, aren't we? No that well, should um, be allowed like, to play at the you're ask,
1: Open. You're asking the wrong person. I just come back from Europe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where, where you Mate, see. And the uh, States is the same. I don't know, COVID exists. Yeah. Yeah. There's yep. not one mask. There's not one person <laughs> caring. You know, the old stay 1.5 metres away. Oh, I don't think so. Please. Everywhere you go, there's queues. It's like it is it's 100% a back to normal. So... Yeah. It's funny, you know, different parts of the world. But I, I thought the States was exactly the same. Mm. From everyone that I talk to that's traveling Definitely. to LA and New York, they're saying it's you don't see a mask. Mm. You don't need them on the planes. You don't need them at the airport. So why is it different for... Sport.
5: Mm. Yeah. And it's the same. I was the like, same as you, Clark. Yeah, I've just come back from the UK where you don't even have to isolate if you have yeah. COVID. <laughs> yes, they have yeah. one in 25 have got COVID in the UK and they're all just walking around yeah. with it. So we I guess we do have to get to the point where we're told we have to learn to live with well, it. we're
1: the same here. You, if, I've, if I've got COVID in Europe, I, no one knows. I still get on a plane. I don't have to test to no. get on the aeroplane. I don't have to test when I land in Sydney. You don't have to do anything.
5: No, although here we are still supposed to isolate if you get it. That's probably the only difference, really. But, yeah, we've been told we have to learn to live with COVID, and this is all part of it. So, yeah, it would be interesting to see what happens. But he did say back at Wimbledon that that was probably going to be the last Grand Slam that we would see him featured in. So that does look as though that's going to be the case. And, boys, just some really sad news yesterday. And this was all sort of coming as we came off air. And I actually found out because, Jared, you were on your phone and you – I hear you go, oh, no, really upset. And it was because the gong winner, Count de Rupi, died following a suspected heart attack at track work at Kembla Grange. Now, he was a beautiful horse that was loved by not just his stable, but just the whole racing fraternity. And he was known to be like of a really beautiful, kind nature. So he recorded over $2.5 million in prize money across his career. He raced 21 times. He had seven wins. And Tommy Berry was aboard him at the time of the... When he wasn't injured at the time of this track work incident, but he was understandably upset and so stood himself down from all of his rides yesterday at on the Kensington track meeting. So just really, really sad news that went through the racing fraternity yesterday. Yeah,
0: he was having a jump out and yeah. uh, unfortunately just went amiss and mm. went through, went sort of sideways through the railing and yeah, clearly something catastrophic had occurred with with Count rupee, they'll have an autopsy, but it looks like probably a heart attack. But that is just... I just feel so sorry mm. for the connections. And for Robert and Luke Price, I've, you know, imagine making that phone call to the connection. I've, I've oh. seen that ha- done before. I've been in a stable when a horse has unfortunately uh, passed, and I've, I've, I've seen a young trainer uh, come back to do it. He had to actually leave mid-interview to, to go and make a phone call after he received the news to... to the owner of the horse. And, you know, I had to give him 20 minutes, half an hour just to to compose himself. Mm. I won't won't say who it was, but, yeah, it's a shocking thing. So just really feeling for all the connections Mm -hmm. there of Count de Rupi. Um, Terrible news. Yeah, really, really sad. The racing game, the highs and the lows.
5: Yeah, very much.
0: Uh, Thank you so much, JR. We've got uh, Paul Gow coming up shortly. The Tewit Championship in Atlanta starts tonight. And, uh, well, of course they start on various scores based on where they're finished in the FedEx Cup rankings heading into the, the tour finale. So Scott Sh- Scotty Scheffler starts at 10-under. Patrick Cantlay, 8-under. Xander Shoffley, 6-under. Then you got Sam Burns at 5-under. Then Cam Smith, the Aussie, who will start alongside the likes of McIlroy, Tony Finau at 4-under par. Adam Scott, who's snuck in to the top 30, starts at even par. So starts 10 shots off the pace. Smith, six six shots off the pace. And the prize for the winner, something around the $25 million mark Oof. Australian, pup. Be nice, there
1: you know. Go. That'd be nice. Wouldn't there's it? a reason to put your head down and do your best. Yeah, 25 mil. It's half it in tax. Yeah, 49 cents a dollar. Got a good account. In Australia.
0: Creative account.
1: <laughs> Not sure you can do much with that, though. Can't imagine you can... Pay that into your company unfortunately but anyway half a lots is lots gowie morning
4: good morning fellas hey i don't think it's taxed it goes into your um your tour account in your retirement fund and that uh, that's the best in in all of oh, world sports how good not tax so you go, no 49 cents in a dollar tax-free
1: prize money
4: how good it's well, not prize money actually that's not classes prize money what's
1: it classed as it's
4: kind of i think it's it was classed as bonus money, but it's, yeah. It's
1: like the lotto.
4: or an annuity. Powerball. Yeah, uh, like Powerball. Nothing it goes, wrong with that. <laughs> it goes into just a, a fund into your retirement.
1: Fund. So you can't touch it until then?
4: No, well, you can't touch it. There's a number of categories. There's four different uh, retirement uh, pieces in your SWAT account, and okay. um, they'll go through that. But the interesting part, and this is typical of a player who's just got $20 million, is how do you pay caddy? Mm. They don't get the actual money up front. They, and then they've got to pay their caddy 10% of that. So, um, yeah, how they, how they do that. But, you know, everyone that wins it is is got bucket loads of money anyway. So, uh, Gow-
0: yeah. They'll be okay. Yeah, no, they'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> they will be fine. Uh, Gowie, great news on the home front, though. Really looking forward to this summer of golf, which uh, we've just been, well, crying out for considering COVID. And uh, we've got some big names coming home.
4: Oh, we sure have. You know, Cam Smith is, is committed to the Australian Open. Uh, there's Minwoo Lee, Lucas Herbert, who have already done it, but yesterday was Mark Leishman. Uh, Adam Scott, he won't be far away. Uh, they'll be all, all back. And this is what we've missed out on. I know COVID's been there, but th- this is part of the whole live thing and the PGA Tour. is that, that The PGA Tour, when they started that wraparound season back, you know, eight, nine years ago, it sort of destroyed, not sort of, destroyed the Australian Tour. So the PGA of Australia and Golf Australia have have really struggled to get big names down here. They've had to pay ridiculous amounts of money to get big names down here because they don't want to miss out for the following season. So the following season, 2023 starts in after the President's Cup, basically. So um, it's it, it destroyed our tour, so we can't get those guys back. And it, it's hard because they've set up shop in the US and all that sort of stuff. So it is great news. Now, let's face it, these are the three Adam Scott... Mark Leishman and, and Cam Smith that have supported the Australian Tour for the last five or six years and Adam Scott for the last 20. Like He's come back every year and and doesn't get a lot of pats on the back, I can tell you, but um, the Australian crowd's loving. But having the new breed of guys like Minwoo Lee and Lucas Herbert and Cam Davis uh, come along, that, that'll be fantastic. So it'll be a big summer of golf.
1: What about this Live Tour, buddy? We got any updates, uh, any new signings, uh, anything happening this week?
4: Well, Okay, it's all going to happen. And I know there's rumours and there's more rumours and I've been on the phone talking to caddies of what's the talk. Uh, There is big talk after this tour championship is done. uh, This week of the 30 players, there's a number of those 30 players that are announcing that they will be heading to the live. Uh, It's all speculation that it is Cam Smith that he's going, but the other one's Hideki Matsuyama. If that is true, that is massive. Um, They're talking 200... And thirty odd million dollars for him to to head over there. That'll be a big market for that live tour. Um, and I'm I'm thinking at the moment the PGA Tour are scrambling as much as they possibly can to keep someone like there, cause that's a there because you know obviously for a TV market it's huge. Uh, but yeah, I've been told there is a number of players uh, that will be heading off, and and it could be the demise of the Presidents Cup, mm. or not that they won't be able to fill those spots, but it won't be with the best best players, and that will be. The biggest thing going forward in the next couple of years is the big-name players playing against each other. So you could have on one side one week playing in Boston, um, you know, Kem Smith, and then on the other side will be, um, you know, McElroy and guys like that playing on the PJ Tour. So uh, let's, let's just wait and see where that heads. But good news for the players overnight, um, the PJ Tour found a bucket load of money and have changed the structure. Players will be playing for $20 million over um, 12 events next year. Uh, they've gone deep. They've even gone down to as far as the Corn Fairy guys that you know have come back from that tour uh, will be supplemented. Uh, and then players who miss the cut will be paid $5,000 for travel expenses, which is a first. They've never done that ever. And wow. it's all on the back of Liv because they pay their players. They give them a business class ticket. They give them a whole heap of things. Their caddies are taken care of. Uh, so uh, this
0: is good for the players. Yeah, no no doubt. Uh, What is happening on the Corn Ferry Tour this week?
4: Yeah, you know, I think this is the best TV of the lot, so if you're watching golf this week, it's all right watching the tour players play, and it'll get exciting getting the last nine holes, who's going to win the $20 million, but the Corn Ferry Finals are on first. uh, One was last week. Um, You know, we had a couple of good results there, but not good enough. If you watch the top three players out of the out of the next two events, of each event, we'll definitely get a tour card to go to the U.S. Tour next year. And we've got Aaron Badley in the field, Minwoo Lee, Jason Scrivener, Harris Endicott has already got his tour card, but he can still play, and Anthony Quayle, who normally plays in Japan. So, And some big names that have played in the U.S. Tour for years, Bill Haas, you know, Born Taylor, Kevin, um, Kevin Chappell. Uh, they're all playing, and they're playing for these spots. And so they're not playing for the money per se. It's a million-dollar purse, but... You know, I think about 180,000 goes to the winner. They're more playing for those spots to get back on the US tour and play on, you know, for, for bucket loads of money. So uh, I reckon it's the greatest TV. This is where you're going to see some really good shots and some really bad shots, some nervous players, how they handle themselves down the stretch when they're playing for more than money. They're playing for a tour card and a job for next year. Okay, the tour championship, the top 30, and uh, Tab has a market
0: for, well, the event including their starting scores and
4: excluding their starting scores as well. So what are you thinking oh, right. here, Gowie? Oh, well, I'm going for the just the two of champs um, because 10 shots is not much. You've got Adam Scott and you're 10 shots back up over 72 holes. That's that's really not that much. Um, you know, that can all be whittled away in, in two days. Um I'm going for John Ram here. He is at three under. They're currently seven off the lead. Um, Patrick Cantlay and Scotty Scheffler have been playing exceptional golf. I'm hoping they back up a little bit. And they're going to have to back up a bit for the players down this far to, to get a wriggle on. He's at $15. And then I, I thought the guy who's sitting down at 20 at $81 was a really good price. He's at two underpays, Victor Hovland. Um, had, a, had a tough British Open. Um, struggled with his confidence you know, two, three, four weeks after that, but he's starting to turn it around with his game, so um, I thought at $80, $81 uh, that was a, a pretty good bet, but it's, um, uh, there's only 29 players in the field, Will Zalatoris pulled out with a oh, back yeah. injury, so that means he's out of, out of the President's Cup, uh, which will be interesting, but um, yeah, I, you know, Skeff, Scheffler is definitely playing well, and so is Cantlay, and you know, with Cam Smith taking the week off last week, he sits a little bit further back, but what, just watch out for this gritty guy. Like they've been throwing grenades at him the last couple of weeks, the press and all that sort of stuff. And he, he thrives on this sort of stuff. It's it, it's like he is playing in the state of origin. It's like he's just taking that on. And he um he can't wait for the battle. So expect him somewhere up there. Bring it on. Good on
0: you, Gowie, thank you. Thanks, fellas. Adam Pen good morning.
2: Morning, Jared. Morning clarky Morning, buddy.
0: Now, just, uh, I'll read this text out, Rod it Now, actually. That's tragic news. The Price family are top class. They've waited 30-odd years for a horse like that. Yeah, awful news with Count of yesterday. Yeah,
2: absolutely terrible, isn't it, Jared? Uh, when the news came through yesterday morning, I think everyone in the wider racing fraternity was absolutely stunned. It just goes to show how fragile and fickle, uh, fickle the racing game can be, kind of, and I echo Rod's sentiments that Robert and Luke Price have been training for many, many years down the south coast. In more recent times, they've shifted their permanent base to Kembla Grange. And to find a horse like Count DeRupe, who's won you know, more than $2 million in prize money, obviously went extremely close to winning a Golden Eagle, won the gong in their hometown, which was a massive, massive thrill for them. And then obviously had more group success in any sites at some stage this year in the Spring Carnival. It's just a horrible, horrible blow. So commiserations go out to Robert and Luke, the Noble family who have raced the horse as well, and um, yeah, some extremely trying times, everyone involved with Count de Rupi. Yeah, Devastating.
1: Uh, Adam, in the Congo, headed for Melbourne instead of the Everest path.
2: Yeah, I found this fascinating, Clarky Henry Field, the uh, majority owner in the Congo, obviously said that this stage's probably going to dodge nature strip in the, in the, in the early Everest lead-up races and head to sort of races like the McEwan Stakes and the Moya Stakes and then map his path from there, and it just got me thinking a little bit, Clark, The fact that we've got five or six horses already locked in uh, for the Everest as it stands at the moment. Mm-hmm. Probably six, if you legend Legend uh, passes all these scans and is, is cleared to go by Les Bridge. But where's the second half of the field going to be made up? That's sort of a question mark that I'm sort of asking myself at the moment. Is Who are these horses going to put their hand up in the next few weeks? And and really make a case to fill those spots 7 through 12 because there's nothing that's really obviously jumping out at you at the moment off the page when you look at trials and Mm. look at some fields, uh, acceptances for the weekend. So, yeah, still plenty to play out. A lot of slot holes to make a call um, in coming weeks, but I just thought that was a bit surprising. I think the Congo might be heading for Melbourne rather than staying in Sydney and, and trying to tackle an Everest.
0: Now, Zoo Tiger yesterday, this is the one UN Davo tip didn't, wasn't it? Yes. yes, yes. yeah. Uh, I remember we had John O'Shea on a, a couple of months ago as well and he he nominated this horse going forward as one to really watch and surely it's going to be headed towards group 1s.
2: Yeah, not often we see horses come out in midweeks, Jared. is it? And the trainers immediately say, yep, I'm going to take this horse towards a group 1 in the next few weeks. But that's the opinion that John has of Tiger, and extremely impressive there under Jane mac a really positive ride and Put them away. And I think John's got a really nice batch of three-year-olds at the moment. He sort of held a lot of his two-year-olds back last campaign with the wet tracks, and they just weren't quite ready. And he's ready to unleash them at the moment. And Zoot might potentially be the pick of the bunch, uh, even given he had the horse that won the the, the Rosebud called Zucarino. So, uh, yeah, they'll probably try and target the Golden Rose and potentially the Caulfield Guineas later in the campaign. And he's a really nice horse in the making.
0: Uh, I want to ask you about your story in the Herald today in regards to Ben Hunt and the Dragons. Now, when I read this, I just thought, well, what does this tell you about the confidence in the coach there overall around the club in the, the Ben Hunt, what he wants to have a clause in his next contract basically linked to Anthony Griffin and whether he's there or not?
2: Yeah, there was a very brief question Jared asked by his representatives of the Dragons saying can we have Ben's contract tied to the future of Anthony Griffin basically and ho- obviously hoping that Griffin will stay at the club beyond the end of next season into 24 and 25 and the Dragons probably understandably and quite quickly sort of that, uh, dismissed that notion and said, no, we won't be having any player who has their contract tied to a coach. So I don't think it's going to be a, a massive issue in terms of the negotiation, but it was just, a, I suppose, an ambitious question. It was lobbed by Ben Hunt's team to, to the Dragons' see if that entertain that idea. Uh, listen, Gerald, I think I think you'll probably stay at the Dragons. I don't think there's going to be too much concerns there, but there's obviously you know, a little bit of ground they need to make up between the two parties. There's been reports that... Ben's been lowballed and, and offer offer around $750,000 a season. He speaks to other people involved and they say they're definitely adamant that the offer has an eight in front of it to start off with per year. So they've got to find some common ground. I don't think he will leave the Dragons. you're putting a gun to my head and asking what do you think he will do. But they need to get this negotiation sorted pretty quickly because Ben Hunt's going to be on a plane for the World Cup in about five or six weeks' time. And the Dragons don't want to leave this this negotiation hanging over for that World Cup. So... Plenty to play out at the moment, and uh, with the best club's best player and their captain off contract, they need to get this sorted ASAP. I reckon.
0: Thank you so much, mate. Have a good day. See, you boys.